Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Roads, Roads on the Air podcast. podcast, where we bring the roundtable organization of abstract discussions at Millersville University to the airwaves right here on 91.7 FM WIXQ The Ville. Radical, renowned, real college radio. But what is Roads? This organization seeks to bring students of various faiths, backgrounds, and experiences together to engage in civil discourse, grow in their spiritual identities, learn from others of differing beliefs, and develop strong relationships through building community. But why is this important for our campus, and how do we get here on WIXQ The Ville? Rhodes wants to create a space for intersectional dialogue, a chance to freely exchange ideas, an opportunity to realize there is way more that unites us than divides us, and ultimately encourage people to go out into the world bringing that open-minded, empathetic perspective and strengthen spiritual identity with them. We are here to present ideas, not to push them, and we want to build bridges between diverse communities to ultimately promote spiritual wellness from an individual level to the community level. We want to build better roads and bridges than PennDOT ever could. So in an effort to continue that mission, Rhodes has struck up a partnership with WIXQ The Ville to take our discussions on the air and bring this content to you wherever you are, whether you're a student, parent, or community member. I'm Josh Marzak. I'm Mark Schell. And I'm Jay Handy. And together we look forward to really diving into these topics throughout this semester, get to the heart of the matter on a range of ideas, bring in some special guests from our community, and maybe you'll even learn something new. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Rhodes, Rhodes on, on the, the Air. air. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Roads on the Air podcast on WIXQ, The Ville, 91.7 FM. I'm here with a great group of folks. Who's hello. here with me? Hello, hello. Hello. All right. I'm Josh Marzak. I'm Mark Schill. I'm Jay Handy. <laughs> and we have a special guest. We have a special guest. Who is our special guest? I am Chris Peter. Chris, who are you? I am the campus minister for uh, an organization here at Millersville, a campus ministry named Reformed University Fellowship. And uh, as the campus minister, I am an ordained pastor in the Presbyterian Church in America. So I'm here to uh, care for college students, to, to share Jesus with them. Awesome, Ooh. awesome. Ooh. And we have a really cool topic for today. So our first week, we had spiritual wellness. And our second week, last week, we had truth and morality. And this week, Jay, what topic do we have today? We have forgiveness this week. Forgiveness. We have such cool content planned for this discussion. We brought in Chris from RUF. And we're going to dive into what it means to forgive people and how we can even do that what 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 requires forgiveness so many ideas like that and more but we do like to start off with just a little bit about who we are right uh, if you haven't ever turned into roads on the air live before uh, we do have um the three of us, me, Mark, and Jay, we are the co-hosts every week, and we bring in a rotating fourth guest uh, every week, depending on the topic. So just a little bit about myself. I'm the campus minister for Rhodes, the Roundtable Organization of Abstract Discussions here at Millersville, and I graduated back in 2022 with a music degree after changing my major 97 times. <laughs> but um, yeah, Mark, tell us a little bit about yourself. I am a uh, junior here at Millersville. Uh, I've had a long history of actually being affiliated with the uh, uh, school, but I am a uh, education major uh, looking to be a, uh, it's a uh, history professor, uh, world cultures, uh, something along those lines. The future Dr. Shell. Oh gosh, Dr. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> 
Jay, what about you? Um, I am Jay. Um, I am a freshman special education major. Um, and if you tuned in last week, I do not want to be a classroom teacher. Um, I want to work with kids that have superpowers uh, and have a special place to go and embrace those superpowers. So, yeah. There you go. Awesome. Chris, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Like, where where are you from? How did you get to Millersville? Uh, what do you do on a Saturday besides sit on a couch mm. with us? Yeah, I so I grew up in the suburbia of Northern Virginia outside of Washington, D.C., and uh, through a variety of uh, schools, I um, got connected with Reformed University Fellowship. I went to Virginia Tech for my undergrad degree and got connected there and then uh, have worked in a couple other schools before that, uh, but ended up at Millersville really... I was looking for a job, and uh, Millersville was open, and my wife and I both wanted to get out of the South, but uh, Pennsylvania was a nice in-between. We weren't committed to going all the way up north, and we, uh, we've we really loved it here. Uh, my wife, Kelsey, and I have a daughter named Eliana, who's two, uh, so I'll spend Saturdays chasing her around and uh, just having a, a lovely time with her, and then we are expecting baby girl number two in two months from now so have you uh, thought of names we do Uh, her name is going to be emmeline emmeline oh that's pretty pretty. you know what if your name was ian you know what you could name your daughter lillian lil ian oh (laughs) my god i think i heard i think i read that on like a tweet or something somewhere that's so (laughs) thankfully my name is not Not ian Ian. (laughs) not ian so We start every podcast with just checking in, seeing how everyone's doing, but I also have a question of the day, just a little icebreaker to kind of lead us into our discussion and break (laughs) the ice. Yeah, Mark. So our question of the day is, what was your least favorite food as a child? And do you still hate it or do you like it now? I can start. My least favorite food as a child was tomatoes and is still tomatoes um so like when you say tomatoes do you mean like raw tomatoes or like cooked tomatoes or all tomatoes all its forms what all tomatoes and vegetables but Mm. i do not like vegetables but i eat them anyway i don't enjoy them but i enjoy the reward of eating vegetables when i text my friends i ate vegetables at healthy (laughs) bar and they're like good job so can you eat pizza I prefer to have no sauce. Like, my Domino's order is chicken with bacon and no sauce and cheese and the regular crust. And no spaghetti? I don't eat spaghetti, no. Oh, Fettuccine? There's no vegetables in that. Just cheese. I just, I don't like Alfredo sauce, so I don't really... I'm, I'm not a huge picky. fettuccine person, but I'm just a, trying to give you options. Yeah, I'm a picky, picky person. I thought I was bad. Oh, my word. <laughs> Mark, what about you? Uh, I mean, I'd say... Mr. Cinnamon Roll. Oh, yeah. Love, cinnamon, sticky love, bun. love the sticky bun. Uh, I mean, I'd say I'm kind of like you, but instead of vegetables, swap that out for fruit. Mm. I'm, I mean, I'll do like a green apple or something, but I'm more into vegetables. But I'd say growing up, I remember one food that I really didn't enjoy was uh, white meat turkey. 
because of how dry it was and how so much like dry. then you have to like mix it with water to just like you know sw- actually be able to swallow it and then it's like it tastes bad but then i found out what dark meat turkey was and that was like uh, i mean like the greatest thing since sliced bread <laughs> i have one word for what, uh, mark. yeah gravy I I don't like gravy personally. I have gravy's the only good Thanksgiving food. Changed my mind. I didn't really eat gravy growing up. I had I think I had gravy like maybe two years ago or something. But it was not something I would generally eat growing up, or stuffing, or cranberries, or beets. Can we go back to the fact that you mix turkey with water to swallow it? Because it was so dry. I mean, <laughs> how else am I going to eat it? It's so with dry. gravy. Oh, yeah. With that. Gravy. I, didn't, I didn't really eat gravy growing up. Oh but then my. I found out what dark meat was, and it was a lot more, you know. Palatable. D- dark meat is superior. Mm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I grew up with Thanksgiving, and this is not to throw my mom under the bus, but the bus is here. So um, <laughs> the turkey would always be cooked like an hour and a half longer than it needed to be because she wanted to make sure that we were not going to get food poisoning. And so, well done with a capital W. Nice. Like, just Sahara Desert has more rainfall than this turkey, um, which is why I also do not like white meat turkey. Um, If I had to pick a thing that I hated as a child, it's vegetables. It still is vegetables. I'm in the same boat as Jay. (laughs) I celebrate. It is a national holiday. There is a parade every time a vegetable enters my body. Literally. um, There's a standing ovation every time. (laughs) Shout out to Alexa when she said the other day, she was just like, I had a vegetable today. And I was like, oh. Someone call the president. Like, Shout out to Alexa and Sarah for rooting us all for eating vegetables. Yeah, literally. <laughs> We've got a supportive group. We do. We do. <laughs> what about you, Chris? So I, I will go with a very specific vegetable. Mm. Canned green beans. What? Are the worst thing in the world. Are you what kidding? kind of green beans? The cut green beans or, or the, the French, French green cut. beans? Both. But oh. definitely the cut are worse. Are you oh. kidding? Yeah. That's, a oh, That's an unpopular opinion. They are That's a hot slimier. Take. Well, so it has to be canned. I mean, if they're fresh or even frozen, uh, they're palatable. But if it is a can, it is the mushiest, slimiest thing. And uh, I still do not like them. I, I do like vegetables as a whole. I mean, there's this thing called roasting, uh, in which you take vegetables uh, and you put oil and salt on them and you give them real flavor. So, um, this is a I, revolutionary I'm wondering process. if you guys are just uh, despising vegetables because you, uh, like childhood me, were trapped in the world of just awful vegetables and you need to be reintroduced no. to real flavor. You eat carrot, you eat raw carrots, you eat a, you eat a like a giant carrot as a snack. And then you eat a fistful of lettuce. What are you, okay. Bugs Bunny? Like, what, what, is, okay, what is going Mark, on? I am a going rabbit. to the grocery store I, for I lettuce. A, at 11 p.m. I am a rabbit, yes. You eat just a bowl of plain lettuce, nothing else on it. You just it's, you eat it as a snack. That's well, it. Well, now that I know significantly more about all of you. <laughs> so, as we approach this topic today, right? Yes, yes. Um, like, just your first thoughts, right? Last week, we talked about truth and morality, right? And sometimes I think immoral things can happen in life that we're going to face a decision of forgiveness over, right? So I think we're going to dive into that today, but I want to I field it to you all. 
before we hit our first commercial break. What are your first thoughts for this topic? What do you want to get out of this conversation? I kind of want to know is by forgiveness, does that, I feel like forgiveness comes in degrees. Like when you say forgiveness, does that imply forgetting, sorry, forgiving and forgetting, or does it just mean forgiving? Mm. So I'm kind of wondering about that. Okay. Um, my perspective is that, like, I think forgiveness has a lot of layers on its own as a topic, and then when you add faith into it, it gets more intense. Like, I think there's, like, ten times more layers when you add faith into it. Lasagna. <laughs> forgiveness <laughs> is like lasagna. It literally is. But without tomatoes, because, you know... We don't eat we those. Don't, we don't do tomato sauce. I don't think you can have a lasagna without tomato sauce. <laughs> yeah. I think we just offended every Italian person on the face of the earth with that comment. I'm so sorry. Um, you need to be forgiven by uh, the, the people of Italy. So. <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah, I, I, I want to talk about the, the guilt component of forgiveness. Forgiveness, uh, there's a need for forgiveness because there is a real guilt that is in the world. And... Uh, and as, as a Christian pastor, uh, what I want to continually come back to is this need for us to uh, deal with our guilt before God as we then uh, deal with our guilt uh, in relationship to each other. And so um, framing the conversation around dealing with guilt and, and how our relationship to God can free us up to have relationships with one another. That's, that's deep. That's deep. I, I think we'll I think we'll get to all of these uh, at some point in this episode. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because like I, I'm gonna tack on to that a little bit, Chris, is uh, can forgiveness happen if it is um, coerced? Like can someone force you to forgive someone else? And then mm. is that still forgiveness? Or is it you know, changed in some way. Is that is the identity of that forgiveness changed? Is it genuine forgiveness? Is it genuine forgiveness? Or is it true or is forgiveness? It someone who is asking you to forgive them before you are ready to forgive them. I think that could be a an mm. angle we could take with it too. Oh, I was focused. Yeah, on we the... can get into that more. I don't know if we got a time before our ad break to, to dive into that <laughs> question just yet. But I, <laughs> I had some thoughts. Some thoughts. Yeah, there's there's going to be a lot a lot of stuff a lot of stuff that. Uh, will have but ultimately when we come back from this commercial break you'll hear a little bit about the hub and hear from jacob and vicky our wonderful wonderful people um and uh yeah so stay tuned and we'll be right back after this hi i'm jacob marino the director of the hub at millersville university and i'm vicky weber the assistant director so what is the Hub? Some of you may know or have been to one of its free meals or events, but for those of you who don't know, the Hub is an independent nonprofit mission partnered with Millersville University that serves students in many ways, but ultimately is a space for mind, body, heart, and soul. The Hub offers a variety of spaces to study, meet new people, hang out, play board games and video games, or grab a quick cup of coffee to go. In addition, there are free meals hosted there throughout the week, like free lunches held from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. every Tuesday and Thursday, French Toast Friday from 9 p.m. to midnight, and a few other opportunities throughout the week you should definitely keep an eye out for. The other main support measure for students in need is the Campus Cupboard, a self-service food pantry for students experiencing food insecurity of any kind. Food insecurity is a real threat on college campuses, and a survey conducted in 2019 showed that almost one-third of college students are food insecure 
or near food insecure. The Hub and its campus cupboards seek to fight against that statistic by providing non-perishable food, fresh produce, and even basic hygiene products that are free to all current Millersville University students. We also have a variety of other services such as professional clothing available for internships and interviews, a crisis fund for students experiencing significant emergencies, and an awesome opportunity for volunteer service hours and federal work-study positions as well. So if you ever want to check out The Hub, we're open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. at the A-Frame Building on George Street. You can also connect with us on social media at Hub at MU. Come see for yourself and experience how we continue our mission of loving students, meeting needs, and building community on this campus. And we're back. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Welcome back. You heard a little bit about the hub. Did you miss us? Did you miss us? <laughs> <laughs> we were gone for so long. I know. So our first question in this block, right? It's going to be a short question, three words. What is forgiveness? Right? Mm. This is a very broad question to start, and we can kind of hone in with it. Um, when it comes to like trying to capture forgiveness in like a single definition, I think that's that's tough. Um, it's a very broad concept, especially if you look at it from both a spiritual lens, but also like a cultural lens, um, or a psychological lens, or a personal lens. Forgiveness is really broad. Um, what would you What would you all say is forgiveness? What is it from your perspective? Um, I can start. I think for me, um, socially, for society, it kind of looks like letting go of resentment, not necessarily forgetting about it, um, but just letting go, acknowledging the resentment, acknowledging the hurt, uh, acknowledging the pain that was caused, but then letting go of it in the sense of like, not saying, oh, it never happened, but just like, I don't hold that against you or I'm not holding on to that pain and treating you and approaching you with that pain and letting that define our interactions. I mean, I'd say in a very raw sense, there's there's this debater, uh, Frank Turek. I, I think this might be a quote of his or something along the lines of it, but I think he said something like, forgiveness is the cancellation of a debt that someone may owe another person. Or just something to do with the cancellation of a debt. So, in a very raw definition, I'd say that's what forgiveness is, and that that debt could look like anything, really. I mean, anger. You know, if uh, someone's, uh, you know, if you do something wrong, and then you know, um, you deserve someone's anger, but they they choose to forgive you and like not be angry. Like I'd say that's forgiveness. But I feel like it can also come in uh, different. Um, it can look like different things, essentially. Yeah, but that, it, it's that, back to, yeah, it's back to that general idea of, like, a cancellation of a debt, I'd say. Yeah, that term is used, like, when, well, I as a college graduate, I'm in the, the student loan era of my life right now, and everyone's been talking about student loan forgiveness, right? When you have a loan, you can forgive that debt, um, or, you know, you have a debt and it can be forgiven. So that term is definitely used um, in a financial sense when talking about about debt, but it can also be in a relational sense. I agree with that a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, as as a pastor, um, I'm interested in uh, focusing the conversation around forgiveness uh, in relationship to God. And and whenever you bring in that that idea of forgiveness, I think Mark talked about uh, 
debt is is helpful um, because we are we've accrued debt with God and we are in need of that debt being forgiven um, we're in need of being extended uh, grace uh, that we don't deserve to have this debt forgiven and uh, and then that shapes and and flows into how we engage with others that we've been when we're wronged by someone we can extend grace to them as well and, and I think that requires really acknowledging that there's been a wrong that takes place. I think that's where for forgiveness starts is acknowledging that um, something has really happened between you and another person that needs forgiving. Uh, and then you enter into that as someone who needs to be forgiven um, by God. And, and as you've been forgiven by God, you can step into forgiveness with one, with one another. And like, just sort of going back to the thing I brought up before of like, you know, does forgiveness imply forgiveness or sorry, forgiving and forgetting? I mean, like if we talk about what is forgiveness, I think maybe it can come in degrees. But like if I if I was talking about the type of forgiveness I'd like to be shown from a religious sense, like if I was standing before God and, you know, he was to forgive me of all my wrongdoings, like if I could choose, like what is what does that forgiveness look like? I think maybe ideally I like the idea of forgiveness that looks like, you know, first off the cancellation of the debt, so he's not angry at me. I don't, you know, owe, I don't need to spend time in, you know, hell or, you know, I don't need to, uh, you know, be punished for my sins uh, because I've been forgiven. But then it comes to the idea of do I do would I want him to forget that I did something wrong because it's like if you don't I feel like if you do if someone wrongs you and then you just completely forget about it like it didn't even happen I don't know how good of a thing that is because it's like first they I think in order to forgive someone you need to acknowledge that there was a wrongdoing or something you need to acknowledge that a wrong has been done and then you need to offer your forgiveness and then if you choose to forget about it, like, I, I, I don't know, like, what do, what do you all think about that? So I think my perspective is a little different. Like, I feel like we have a special, like, as a Christian, I feel like I have a special security in the sense that when my sins are forgiven, God does not see me as my sin. Mm. Right. He Ooh. sees me as the person. I like that. And I, really like I that. feel like we oftentimes say we forgive someone but when we encounter them again we still subconsciously see them as that decision that was made Dang, say, that, say that again yeah. say that again Literally. i'm not going to lie like okay. li like just like <laughs> that's that that's important that's important so, that should be yeah. a key t-shirt so, takeaway t-shirt takeaway yeah <laughs> i feel like a lot of times like we're like we i forgive you for the decision you made um but we still don't let go of the fact that they made that decision so like I can say, Mark, your jacket is not my... I, I don't like your jacket. And Ouch. that could hurt his feelings. And he could say, I forgive you for making that decision. But he will not forget that I said that to him. Like you associate it with mm -hmm. that person. Right, right. Mm. Like it's intertwined. Like you see it as like, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, dad. Like you... Oh that yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. That that I'm serious. That should be a t-shirt takeaway. And when we, when we get into like something. talking about more serious like transgressions that we have yeah. encountered right um it may not be 
Mark's horrific jacket choice. But it could be. I'm sorry we're picking on you today, Mark. But um, I'm under no, attack. but like, <laughs> like when you get into like trauma and troubles in relationships, mm. right? It it can be difficult with those relationships when you engage in those relationships with people. Sometimes you could forget them, but then seeing it, it's like a trigger, yeah. right? It's a, it's a trigger of that sin or that situation, right? Yeah. That's that's really that was a really interesting thing you brought up. But I'm I'm curious, Josh, how would you define forgiveness? Well, because uh... <laughs> part of it's like I don't I don't know like would you would you say there is a definite definition of what forgiveness is, or would you just go based off what you would like forgiveness to look like for you? You can look at forgiveness from a spiritual perspective, and you can also look at it from a psychological, like, relational perspective as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the definition as a Christian, right, as, as a Christian, as a Catholic, forgiveness, our standard for forgiveness comes from God, mm-hmm. right? The same yes. reason why we talked last week about our standard for truth or our standard for good mm-hmm. and evil yes. comes from God. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I... I look to that example, right? God forgives a lot, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of stuff that God can forgive and does forgive when we put our trust in him. Everything except one thing. Yeah, which is not putting our trust in him, right? right. Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and also mm-hmm. misusing his name, but the, the deeper part of it is like if we do not recognize God mm-hmm. in our lives, right? But... He forgives all of our sins if we willingly submit ourselves to him. Mm-hmm. And that is the standard that we're called for. Like when we when we talk about like, you know, the in the Bible, when you look at all the instances that forgiveness has happened, um, like that's the standard, especially Jesus parables and all of that. What is forgiveness? What does it look like? And we're going to we're going to dive into that in a later question of like, how do you forgive and how, how do you forgive others? How do we receive forgiveness? That kind of thing. Um, what does total forgiveness look like? That's all coming later. But like when you try to define forgiveness, um, there is the spiritual aspect, which is looking at it from God's perspective as a Christian, right? There's also the psychological, the relational, the cultural aspect of forgiveness, um, that there's forgiveness for student loan payments and there's <laughs> forgiveness for crimes that are committed when you serve a sentence. Um, and that actually leads right into a, a, I have a short video clip. I found uh, this guy's name is Dr. Fred Luskin. Uh, he holds a PhD in counseling and health psychology from Stanford. He is the director. This is from 14 years ago, so this was a, a, a hot minute ago. But um, he was the director of the Stanford Forgiveness Project, and they did a thing where he was engaged in a, a dialogue between him and a, and a, and a, a chaplain uh, of St. Paul's Chapel in Lower Manhattan. But this is the, the Fred Luskin half of that. It's only two minutes, but... Um, He provides a really interesting psychological definition of forgiveness that I think could really aid our conversation. So maybe we can take a listen to that. Yeah, let's listen. There There are two ways that I have defined forgiveness. The the simplest is to simply say that no matter what has happened in any of our lives, at this moment we can be at peace. 
that forgiveness is the experience of being at peace right now, no matter what story, no matter what drama, no matter what has occurred five minutes ago or five years ago. And so I refer to forgiveness as an assertive a creation of peace in the present. The second aspect of it, that's the most simple and that's the easiest for people to grasp, that the second part of it is that we are the ones who created the lack of peace. So we're the only ones who can remedy that situation, that life happened and then we objected to life. And it was our objecting to our own life, saying, no, this is not the way this life should have been. It should have been that way. Our objecting to our own life causes emotional and physical and spiritual turmoil. Forgiveness is the resolution of our objection. It it really has nothing to do with life or the people in it. Because life just happens in all of its myriad of experiences and arisings, and we object to part of it. So forgiveness is, in that context, again, it's making peace when you didn't get what you want. And that allows an umbrella. The first part of it is the most important, which is you're making peace. But the second part is you're making peace with some situation or experience where you didn't get what you want and you objected to it. Mm-hmm. So how do, we, how do we feel about that? What are some thoughts that came up listening to that? I feel like the idea of making peace, that is certainly a way of showing forgiveness. But I'm still just going to maybe like double down with the original thing that I think maybe Frank Turk said that's you know it's uh it's ultimately about like the the cancellation of a debt that's owed Mm. yeah i i think there's some interesting components to to what he was saying but but i think he's maybe underselling the real dynamics that we as people have with each other that we in that like we we hurt each other we wrong each other and it's not just individual. Like, forgiveness doesn't just happen internally um, within ourselves. Like, okay, I'm going to let go of this and sort of that's going to lead to peace. It's we are, uh, we are internally um, forgiving the person, uh, but then moving towards an external reconciliation uh, that may or may not be possible. Um, but... Uh, we have to like engage with each other as people. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't get a sense of that as much coming through. Maybe I was misunderstanding what I was saying. But um, for, forgiveness happens both internally in our hearts as we deal with the things that have happened to us and uh, the things that we have done, but uh, also externally as we engage with one another. Yeah, I think I have similar like interpretation and understanding of it. Um, I think the one thing I think is different is the focus on the internal forgiveness, I think, is because that's the hard part. Like, I feel like 
like especially for like people going through things like growing up like you're like say sorry and like you're kind of told to forgive that person for whatever they did and developing what your sense of like forgiveness looks like internally is really hard and then that's the hard part and then after that you're just making a decision of like how do you address this person how do you address this situation like afterwards which is based on the foundation of how do you feel internally like I really think that was the that was my main takeaway from it was like the internal aspect Mm. yeah yeah I think those are some really good interpretations he was definitely like listening to it again because I listened to this this morning at like 2.30 in the morning when I was writing some stuff down to prepare for this conversation um I, I I think I literally typed in what is forgiveness into YouTube and this was one of the first videos that popped up. But he was definitely speaking from a much more external perspective, I think. Like people can people can see peace, right? In a sense of like you can your mannerisms reflect mm-hmm. the peace that you feel. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's important to highlight the fact that yes. Forgiveness is both internal and external. And like what you said, Jay, it was really great that the internal part is the hard part, right? That's the hard part to capture. And we're going we're gonna to dive into what that looks like for us, right? As people who go through some crappy situations, um, like we are faced with forgiveness, the decision and the choice to forgive. So how do we do that? How do we move forward? How do we grow from it? And so when we come back from our next commercial break, um, we're going to, we're going to keep diving into this topic, peel back the layers and, and we'll see where it goes from there. So come back in a few and we'll continue this great conversation on forgiveness on 91.7 FM WIXQ The Ville. All right, we're back. We're back, we're back. We're back. So, to start off this block, we have some upcoming events for Rhodes. Uh, Rhodes is our organization here on campus, and this coming Monday, we are going to have a discussion. We have our roundtable meeting where we're going to be talking about faith's role in the civil rights movement mm-hmm. on Wednesday at 7 p.m. And uh, that's going to be that's going to be a really interesting topic. We've especially we've had, for Black History Month, especially mm. for Black History yeah. Month. Yeah, that's going to be it's going to be a great conversation. The following week, we're going bowling at Rocky Springs Entertainment Center. Woo. Feel free to meet at the hub. We'll be I believe we're having uh, some form of like pizza uh, and hanging out at the hub a little bit at around six o'clock. And then we'll drive over to go bowling uh, around seven. So that's the foreseeable future um, for Rhodes. And then we've got next week's podcast, which is, if I'm not mistaken, our suffering discussion. It is. Where it we'll is. Be, uh, we'll, be, we'll be bringing in another new guest. Um, we won't reveal who they are just yet to keep the surprise going, but that's our, that's our next week's uh, topic for Rhodes on the Air. But, yeah, so... Diving back into our, our conversation, we just kind of went over some defining characteristics of what forgiveness is. And so our, our next segment here, like, how do you actively perform the act of forgiveness? How do you forgive others and yourselves? And how can we receive forgiveness gracefully? I'm not really sure. 
Um, I think for me, what forgiveness looks like for someone to forgive me is to like not forget something, right? But acknowledge the hurt and say that to me. Like not a like have a private moment, of course, but like not have a private moment and then just I I thought about it and it's fine. Like I don't think that is genuine forgiveness towards me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's I, I'm glad that we're looking at it from a lens of forgiving others and forgiving ourselves because forgiving ourselves for things that we've done is also a really important component of just existing in life because we're also not perfect like we make mistakes and sometimes we make poor choices and those have repercussions for other people and maybe we do need to forgive ourselves for the hurt that we've caused as well right um and i also think that we deserve forgiveness i mean when you look at it from a faith perspective um like we are just as much valuable as other people when they receive forgiveness from us and i think it has to go both ways right um but how do we I... how do we do that how do we how do we forgive others how do we forgive ourselves how do we do that i just want to I, I do kind of want to push back i'm mean, not to like be you know not for the sake of arguing but i do want to kind of want to push back on that one idea of uh you know we deserve forgiveness I don't think we deserve anything. If anything, we owe things, I think. But forgiveness is, like, you know, the, a gift, essentially. Like, it's not something we deserve. I mean, sorry, it's not something we... It's not something we're entitled to, but it's, like, the free gift, you know? So it's, like, something that, you know, is given freely, uh, even though, like, we are, you know, undeserving of it. But um, that that's just from uh, my religious perspective. But in terms of the actual questions, I'd say, like, you know, what is, um, how do you actively perform the act of forgiveness? I mean, I'd say, um, you know, reconcile just a few ways, maybe, or uh, reconcile with the person who wronged you, uh, do not take vengeance, uh, even if it is your right, and eliminate feelings of rage towards that person. I also feel like understanding where they're coming from, or like why they did something, or the rationale behind it can sort of help maybe in the process of forgiving um just getting in their mindset or why seeing why they did something um but in terms of like how can you receive forgiveness i mean i'd say um just you know accepting the fact that you no longer are in any kind of debt like you don't owe someone anything you don't have to sacrifice anything um if they're offering you forgiveness so it's just like just accepting that you don't need to repay them anything, mm. essentially. Focusing on the fact that it is a free gift. Um, yeah, that's really... That actually kind of sparks a little bit of a story I have from a few years ago. Oh, boy. Well, this is more than a few years ago now, but um, I was... I used to work for a restaurant. Good old Perkins. Perkins Family Restaurant <laughs> back in my hometown. I was, I was the only guy server on the whole staff, and that was an experience. But... Um, this was, this was, this had to have been five years ago, five, six years ago. Um, and I had a lady, like she was one of my tables. She was by herself. She asked me if we had mint hot tea. Okay. Just mint hot tea. Do you have any mint hot tea? And I said, we didn't. We just have like normal, normal black tea. And then she said, oh, oh, okay. Well, I don't need 
that mint hot tea then I already have a mint tea bag just give me hot water and a mug and I was like oh okay which which those are free right um but then as I was cleaning up the table after she left it must have been like I honestly feel like it was God kind of impressing a, a, a word on my heart that um and the phrase that I kind of heard was that she was trying to purchase something she had already been given she already had mm. Mm. and I started thinking about it and like I thought about people who who only focus on being forgiven by works and by doing things and trying to earn forgiveness mm -hmm. and not through a genuine spirit feeling, and a contrite heart feeling that they deserve it yeah and and like huh I, I, they're trying to buy what they've already been freely given. Yeah. Right? And I, I was like, that was just really deep and interesting because, like, all the lady needed to realize was that it was given to her, that she puts it in the vessel that she is given, use, like, I'm going to really lean into the metaphor here, like, use the heat of the hot water, right, to the advantage of steeping that which she had been given. Let the forgiveness that you are freely given soak through like your spirit, your heart. Mm -hmm. And in a larger sense, like the mug is like our body, our life, right? And the realization of God's grace and the hot water is like the storms of life and the transgressions that we both experience from other people and the transgressions that we commit that contribute to like kind of the development that uh, we go through. And we don't need to buy any of those things. We've already been given them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, just, ex I mean, I think, you know, in terms of accepting forgiveness, like for yourself, it just goes with that idea of, uh, you know, recognizing that you don't actually have to give up anything, you know, like just accept it, but don't feel that you have to do anything in return. All you have to do is accept it. Like that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's on the angle of of receiving forgiveness. What about Chris and Jay? How do you how do you forgive someone? Yeah, so I I think just to jump in on some of the conversation that's that's been ongoing. I think it's really interesting the dynamic that conversation around forgiving yourself. I think part of what's going on there is we have this sense of uh, like the way I would define forgiveness I don't know that forgiving yourself really is something that's possible because Ooh. it's you're taking on uh, if, if you know we're going to we're talking about it in terms of debt if it's you're taking on a debt that's like oh sort of like you, you if forgiveness is a gift you're giving yourself a gift like you're you're really are you capable of taking that on yourself um Ooh. like giving yourself a gift is just purchasing something so like if you're trying to forgive yourself i think a lot of ways what that ends up being is you're just trying to like solve the problem yourself or ignore the problem but if forgiveness is something that really has happened from uh god that god is really uh, giving you forgiveness, it's it's less about what you are internally like uh, doing to forgive yourself. It's it's that accepting the gift that God has given, which I think you were getting that that illustration with the the mug is um, with the with the tea is really interesting and I think helpful. Um, that maybe the categories of forgive forgiving ourselves are not as uh, important as accepting 
the forgiveness that's been given to us in God. We, what we can't do is we can't control whether or not other people forgive us. Um, but we can go to them and ask for forgiveness and then receive it when they do and actually take it seriously that this person is extending forgiveness to me. Um, but a lot of times we don't believe that. I think as Jay, when you were talking about like the heart being the beginning of, of forgiveness is yeah. If we don't, um, or that being the hard work, like if we don't really believe and receive forgiveness, we won't be able to then do the like the external relational stuff that takes place. It's a really interesting uh, one of my favorite uh, Bible passages that that I think gets at what does it mean to like forgive and receive forgiveness is in Matthew 18. Jesus tells the parable of what's called the parable of the unforgiving servant and uh, Jesus describes forgiveness with God in terms of a, a king who um, forgives a servant who's racked up in uh, basically an impossible debt. It's like the, the would have been like the GDP of an entire nation. Uh, and this servant has somehow racked it up and uh, he comes and begs for forgiveness and he's given it. But then he goes to someone who has a, a large, but possibly possible to forget or to possible to pay back sort of debt. And he demands that this guy pay it back to him. And instead of uh, him forgiving that guy like he had been forgiven, he demands payment. And then then the, the king says, no, you're actually going to have to pay that debt back, which he can't really. And so he goes into prison for life. But um, what's going on in that passage, I think that Jesus is getting at, is the guy who was forgiven didn't believe that he was forgiven. He was going out trying to like, or like, recoup money from other people as if he had to pay the king back, um, and and so he never really accepted the forgiveness, and so he wasn't able to then go and forgive others. Yeah, I think I, I want to like real quick. I want to jump in and highlight one of the phrases in that story that's really impactful. Like, I also really love that story, and I'm so glad that you brought that up. Um, I think there's a metaphor hidden in there that unforgiveness is like a prison that if we cannot forgive others and also accept forgiveness for ourselves and learn what forgiveness is how can we be free yeah and that kind of goes to what i was going to say there's a song that becca shea literally wrote entitled forgiveness (laughs) um and it's basically like um the lack of forgiveness will not take freedom of choice it will not be the fall of like freedom to live your life um and i would say like for me forgiving someone else the moment i realize that i've forgave someone else for something they've done right i would say is i would feel a sense of regained grace for them Mm. um and that's a quote from the song um i feel like the moment I then that's also like if someone was to forgive me when I feel like they have now restored like grace that was taken away because I made a decision like I can make it like with the jacket thing I made that decision now Mark could choose to not have as much grace towards me moving forward because of my words but the moment I feel like there's that grace again I think is what forgiveness looks like for me receiving it and giving it. Mm. 
That's um, good. Something I'm thinking about just as, as we're having this conversation that I think is, is helpful. Uh, one of the challenging realities of, of forgiveness is that we don't always... Um, that the people who we want forgiveness from, like even if we can acknowledge that we've wronged someone, those people don't always extend forgiveness to us, right? They yeah. try and um, hold it over our heads in different ways. And um, there can be a really like, like it, Josh talking about like being a prison, it can, we can feel trapped in that. Um, there's nothing, you know, like that. A lot of times we like try and go to self forgiveness. We're like, well, I got to forgive myself for this. But like, sure you you like hurt yourself in the situation but really the problem was that you hurt that other person and now they're not forgiving you and there's nothing you can do about that what the bible does is frames everything in relationship to god that um when we wrong other people ultimately we're wronging god it's really interesting in in psalm 51 uh david the the ancient king of israel uh is asking for forgiveness from God after he has committed murder and adultery. And he, in that, in that Psalm, he says to God against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. And, uh, I don't think David is saying that he didn't hurt Uriah who he murdered or Bathsheba who he committed adultery, um, and arguably raped what he is doing is saying that the reason why he wronged those people was he wronged God. And because God freely extends forgiveness to us in Jesus, because he takes the cost of our sins, all of them, uh, on the cross, when other people withhold forgiveness from us, we aren't trapped by that because we've the source of the problem has been addressed in, in Jesus. And so um, we can have peace in that uh even as we still want the relational restoration of them extending forgiveness to us it it's not um necessary because the ultimate problem has been solved and then god is going to work in us to um to bring about um the restoration of peace and uh and i think that's that's just a really helpful uh dynamic as we navigate the tensions of forgiveness so i agree i actually just had a bit of a scary thought you know how i literally just said before forgiveness is like a free gift Mm -hmm. and you know a gift is something that is like you don't owe anything you don't pay for it you don't if christianity teaches repentance genuine repentance is a requirement for forgiveness Mm-hmm. Is it really free then? Mm-hmm. Like, because if you're having to Ooh. sacrifice something, what are that, we sacrificing in that regard? It seems yeah. like conditional forgiveness, maybe. But that's again, this is sort of like a scary thought because it's like, yeah, because it's like I, like I agree. You know, it's it's good like to turn away from like doing bad, but my idea is like if we. If my understanding is that a free gift is something that is you don't have to give up anything for, you don't have to say like you just accept it. But then Christianity, you know, requires repentance in order to accept that that gift. I don't know. It, it's just sort of a scary thought because, like, yeah, I think it seems like you're still sacrificing something. Like you're you're, I, yeah. I think God sets the expectation of repentance because that is 
acknowledgement and acceptance for us on earth to to realize that it wasn't just a decision it was something that was a wrongdoing for someone else mm-hmm. or ourselves i think the the phase of repentance is not because we need god to know what we did because he knows what we did but because god wants us to have the foundation of acknowledging and accepting that that's something that we did um and then in in return for that he gives us forgiveness i don't think we're sacrificing anything for that god has our best interests at heart right and he wants what's best for us and in order for that he can't just forgive every wrongdoing we do because then we may never know or acknowledge or accept the detriment of that. Like I could make a decision that and just be like, God forgive me and not give him a reason that I won't do it again. Mm-hmm. So I think that is the acknowledgement piece of it. It's, it's important to acknowledge and accept that, that that is something that you did and that is some a wrongdoing. I, I don't think it's something that we're sacrificing a piece of us. Um, and that's gain a, God's forgiveness. That's a really great point. I want to hold on to that yeah. for a later block because we're definitely yeah. going to be diving far more into that that concept. And um, we're on the top of the hour, so we're going to come back after a few commercial messages and the top track of the week. And uh, yeah, we're going to come back and continue to dive into this topic. Lots of great stuff happening with Roads on the Air. Stay we'll see you in a sec. And we are back at the top of the hour. It's a little after 1 p.m. with Roads on the Air, a podcast for WIXQ 91.7 FM, The Ville, radical renowned real college radio, as our catchphrase goes. (laughs) Um, We are diving into our topic on forgiveness, which we have been breaking down the definition of how do we do it? How do we receive it? How do we forgive others? Can we forgive ourselves? A lot of really good insight. And in our next segment here, right, we have another element and aspect of this idea of forgiveness. So what is the, what is the difference and the relationship between forgiveness, self-care, and enabling? Mm. Hmm. And uh, on a, a secondary note in this block, is it ever okay not to forgive someone? And in that case, what would the consequences be? Right. Jay just raised her hand so quickly. All right. Take it away, Jay. What do you got for us? I think for me, my main like focus of what I have an opinion on is like forgiveness and enabling. Um, I feel like for me personally, I've been really trying to exercise the forgiveness aspect without putting myself in the line of fire to endure more pain. Um, And so, like, there's a person in my life that I can honestly say I have forgiven so many times for the same thing. It's like something happens. I tell them it bothers me. I say I forgive you. They say they'll do better. They don't. And then we're at square one again. So I feel like for me, I enable that that habit and that behavior because they know that I will not stop them. They know that I will not not talk to them or limit access. So I've been really trying to find the line and practice forgiving them and accepting 
all of like accepting the fault of opening myself up right but forgiving them while limiting their access to me um for self-care my self-care is protecting my peace in order to protect my peace i forgive them um and i limit access to me Mm. Mm. yeah so like i i would say you know from my religious perspective Oh wait, no, sorry. That was for that's that's for the next part. Uh, so, in terms of like forgiveness, like the difference or the relationship between forgiveness, self care, and enabling forgiveness. Again, I, I'd say it goes back to that idea of like the cancellation of a debt from like Frank Turek. Maybe um, self care is maintaining personal boundaries that help take care of your needs, but does not actively seek to punish someone for their wrongdoings. So, it's like if you're trying to protect yourself but it's not intended to you know punish someone because of what they did then i think that's self-care enabling i'm not entirely sure what enabling specifically i mean i can maybe give an example like if you i i don't know if someone has a drug problem maybe and you know you're a family member is you know continually giving money to that person but they know that they're going to use it for drugs i feel like that's maybe like a common circumstance that happens you don't know you and i mean there's the chance that they may not use it to you know fuel their habit but i guess maybe the likelihood is that they will so is it only enabling when you know that they're gonna you know for sure that they're going to do you know the thing that you don't want them to do like i i don't know about enabling but going back to that i i mean the other question of like what is uh you know is forgiveness like optional i would say from my religious perspective it's mandatory because the results you know like otherwise like you may not be forgiven or you won't be forgiven so it's like yeah i i'd say at least from my religious perspective it's mandatory Mm. i'd say if, if you if you want to be forgiven in return. Yeah, that's really good. Really good. I have one thing really, really quick. Um, a Bible verse, uh, Colossians 3.13, is something that I really use to explain why I forgive people. Because it's often a question, well, if you know they're going to hurt you and you know that they've done this before, why do you forgive them when they've made that choice more than one time? Um, and it, it, in the Bible, it says like, um, bearing with, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if any grievance against you or another, just as the Lord has forgiven you. Um, I know personally the feeling of knowing that your, your transgressions are forgiven. That gives a sense of peace and security that I that is like most the most valuable thing to me i think um and for me not to forgive someone else when i know that i've personally been forgiven is what's the word walking contradiction there's a word for it hypocritical yeah it's hypocritical Mm -hmm. and i can't i don't think as a christian that you can not forgive someone yeah to touch on like Forgiveness, self-care enabling, those three things, right? To figure out what it is, it lies in intention, okay? So it has to be, what is your intention with it? Forgiving, forgiveness, truly reflects 
in my like experience, I think it reflects the five stages of grief. Mm. Because when there's a transgression, right, there there is grief in a wrongdoing. There can be grief. And it's really only a transgression that requires forgiveness, right? We haven't really touched on specific examples of what needs forgiving, but um, in grief, like those five stages, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. I think true forgiveness can only occur in the last two, right? It can't in denial because, you know, obviously if we're denying that something happened or if we don't recognize that a wrongdoing has happened, you can't forgive someone in that. It can't happen in anger because we all see red when we're angry about something, right? It can't happen in bargaining because then it would be conditional. You're trying to make a transaction out of it, Mm. right? We have to start the forgiving process in the depression stage, right? At our lowest moment, we scrape the weeds of bitterness off the bedrock And that's when it takes effect, when we accept the humanity of the offending party. You can accept them, you can love them, you can truly believe that they've been absolved from their transgression, yourself included, perhaps, and then, like, that's when true forgiveness can actually take root. To to kind of pivot to, to enabling, enabling is providing a pathway for other people to continue hurting or making mistakes... So like when we were at the uh, when we were at the diner before this conversation, we were talking about like, you know, people who may have have hurt us in a way. And uh, Chris, I think you were talking about like the steps of reconciliation and how reconciliation can take completely different forms. Right. Um, Sometimes you can cut off a person to an extent where it's not like, you know, shutting them down or canceling them for no reason at all. Right. It's more so like you are not enabling them to continue that hurt, if that makes sense. Did I did I capture that point that you were making uh, yeah, so, correctly? So part of what forgiveness is, I don't think I got to this earlier in the podcast, but forgiveness is both internal uh, in our relationship to, to God, uh, for starts, and uh, then how we view another, uh, others. Um, the desire for revenge, uh, for wanting evil against them. We, that forgiveness is setting those things aside. Uh, and instead, uh, desiring, looking after their good. Um, but as you move towards that externally, as you move towards wanting to like see change take place in people's lives, uh, there are different ways that you engage with that. And so uh, if you're really desiring the good of someone, say, for instance, they are an alcoholic who is abusing you, um, it's for their good that they stop uh misusing alcohol and stop abusing you. Uh, It's damaging to them uh, and so you can forgive them internally, desire their good, uh, but then if they continue down the path of of, of abuse for their good, you extract yourself from that situation. Mm. And that is um, hard for us to to reconcile sometimes in our hearts is we care for someone. Uh, we want to be involved with their lives, but sometimes uh, for their own good, we need to show them the consequences of their actions by extracting ourselves uh, from, from that situation. Um, usually that's a, that's a process. I mean, it varies how that plays out. There's, um, 
there's levels of um, wrong that can be done to you and um, it, it takes wisdom to navigate what those situations are and how you how you apply that principle of I'm going to um, desire reconciliation with this person move towards them um, but then at what point do you sort of draw a line in the sand and say I'm going to stop uh, engaging with this person like in talking with them or um, uh, being around them but but that does that doesn't remove then the the ongoing internal component of you're still uh, desiring their good you're praying for them you're praying that God would bring people into their lives that do change them yeah so, so can I tell a bit of a story sure Please, Go thank ahead. you so it's, it's kind of twofold in the lessons I think but it seems relevant to forgiveness one thing that I love is the idea that you know you uh, you know before I guess people used to you know, follow the idea of like um, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, essentially. But then Jesus comes along and says, "An eye for an eye makes the whole world blind," which I absolutely love because it, you know, the idea that like, you know, if you know reprisals, like if it's just a constant back and forth, it's going to lead to constant destruction. But there's a story from kind of recently. I, I was playing Minecraft with uh, a couple friends. I love Minecraft. Oh my god! Shout gosh. out to Minecraft. Love this is not an endorsement or a commercial <laughs> yeah, for Minecraft. Yeah, but no, no. But it's we love the game. It forms the cornerstone of our childhood. Minecraft, yes. Uh, so <laughs> I was millennial. I was playing. <laughs> I was playing Minecraft with some friends, and uh, what happened was we started a new world and we got you know to building houses and stuff and the. I want to say the two were, I guess, kind of, like, maybe picking on or, you know, kind of, like, teasing or judging the one person's house, maybe. Um, I could be wrong, but what ended up happening was that person sort of, I guess, got irritated or offended and retaliated by burning their houses down, but their house was not burned in I mean, obviously, the, the people, you know, were, I guess, like, at least the one was, you know, like, annoyed that it happened, or both were annoyed that it happened, but, you know, it, I mean, one, you know, the idea of, uh, I guess, like, not judging other people, like, it could come back to haunt you, but my house, because, like, my house, I didn't really judge the, their building, like, my house was left alone, so, but going back to the idea of forgiveness, like, th even though their houses were burned down, they didn't retaliate in turn by burning that person's house down. So, two, I mean, among the four of us, two houses burned down, even though they could have burned, you know, the other person's house, they, they, for some reason, they didn't. I don't know if it was because, like, they were actively trying to forgive or maybe they just didn't really, like, you know, think about, re like, retaliating or something. I, I don't know, but I think it goes back to the idea of, uh, you know, eye for an eye makes the whole... I mean, it makes me think of the the idea of eye for an eye makes the whole world blind, and honestly, it just kind of it kind of seems like a Bible parallel or something. You know, like everyone's, you know, house, you know, um, or like two people's houses get burned down as like a result of you know maybe their actions or something. But you know, mine gets left alone because I didn't do that. I guess. Yeah, or there's a there's a there's a really interesting like <laughs> nugget in there in that the golden nugget when when <laughs> golden I, nugget the iron, iron nugget iron nugget. Oh yeah. my! But when things happen to us, we choose how we react, right? We choose how we respond to things in our lives. And forgiveness is one of those choices, right? Forgiveness is a choice. And I, I think maybe your, your friend who was transgressed by having his, <laughs> his architecture made fun of, um, 
chose to react, chose to retaliate in that way. Um, and uh, whereas another choice could have been, oh, that's just friendly banter and oh, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that can extend to a variety of different circumstances, right? But at the end of the day, it's a choice, yeah. right? It's a choice to forgive. It's like how much of that time building those houses was wasted just to have it burned down mm-hmm. later on. You mm-hmm. know? And how many, how much uh, in our world is wasted over that's, people not yeah. choosing forgiveness? Also, the resources. Yeah, we're, well, we're, resources, <laughs> resources, lives, right? Mm. It, it can be generational. Well, no one I mean, died, like, thankfully. There's, there's, there's so many different repercussions of unforgiveness mm. um, that, that like, can have serious effects on our world. Um, and, and, like, I think I heard it once said, um, kind of... Um, and I could all have been, forgiveness, all forgiveness is self-care in a way, but not all self-care is forgiveness. Uh, right. um, kind of mm. like squares in a rectangle. We're up against a commercial break. I'm going to stop talking now, but we'll be back in a few with just wrapping up these points and then getting into our last major question of this conversation on forgiveness. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Here's for Johnny. Another, another, another major segment, Johnny. but uh, Jay had a really quick point on our last question. Um, Take it away, Jay. What did you want to explain just before we hit that commercial? Oh, I was just, like, talking about, like, uh, I was having a conversation with my friend, and he was, like, the like I typically look at wrongdoings as wrongdoings, period. Things that are wrong, I look at them as that. But he was, like, as believers, we know right from wrong, and we cannot judge a non-believer based off of what they don't know. So, basically, like... I would, I would, I feel like I would be more likely and more forgiving uh, and more easier to forgive someone who makes the same decision as a believer if they're a non-believer because they, the non-believer doesn't know, they don't know what's wrong. They don't know that it's objectively wrong, whereas a believer does know it's wrong. And so I feel like the way I judge those two different situations influences how I choose uh, to forgive and when I choose to forgive. So what I would I would maybe push back on that a little bit in that I do think that the Bible calls us into forgiveness in all situations. But what we're dealing with is the the weightiness that the difficulty of that forgiveness can be harder when uh, when someone knows what they're doing is wrong. Uh, it has greater weight, and uh, and so that does make it harder to forgive. Uh, but that doesn't remove the responsibility to forgive. It can change the way then, though, that reconciliation goes about. Um, does this person understand what they're doing, and and are they rejecting and turning away from actually pursuing um, a path of restoration in your relationship? Um, if they if they aren't willing to move towards reconciliation, then that change it, it, it creates a barrier for, for the full hope for desire of forgiveness is that there's actual restored relationship. So Yeah, yeah. that's that's really great great points. Great points. And it kind of leads into what this last block is gonna look like is what does total forgiveness look like? Right? What does it look like? Can it be conditional? Right, and bringing back the the idea that Mark introduced uh, a block or two ago, oh, and gosh. why should we forgive? 
right? Why, why should we, right? I, I would say, like, just to kind of kick off the discussion in this block is that we can kind of look back at the, the, the clip that we heard earlier that, I, I guess from my perspective, total forgiveness is like peace in that situation, right? There has to be peace present for forgiveness to um, fully take root, but the definition of that piece is where we would get into what does that look like, right? You can forgive someone, but also kind of combining ideas from what other people have said, uh, you can remove the ability to have them hurt you anymore if they're not in a healthy place to engage with you in a balanced and appropriate way, right? If they don't, like what we were talking about last week, uh, Jay, if they don't have the, the capacity to engage with the truth or to hear the truth, Right, then we can forgive them for their shortcoming in that area and kind of pray for them to be restored and healed one day. But God does not always call us to remain in community with that person that we're trying to forgive. Right? He doesn't always ask us to stay in that situation or to enable that person to, to, to keep um, doing that if they're going to, to keep doing that. But it's important that we, we kind of listen to God, like especially from a Christian perspective, it's important to listen to God on how to approach every instance of of forgiving someone, so that we don't we don't end up causing more hurt in the end. Um, our forgiveness uh, only came with one condition: that we believe in God who took on our punishment and serve Him, so that it was worth it in a sense. Um, I, I like to think of it in that way, at least. But but our forgiveness should not really have conditions because then it's not forgiveness it's just a bargain a barter a transaction free forgiveness um, or it's free a, freely given forgiveness yeah freely yeah. the freely given gift of forgiveness yes so and it, a, it's still forgiveness but it's about like what what are you giving up or something and i've actually got two really really short like clips that may give us a little more to to chew on um one of them is a, a less than a minute clip from Steve Harvey talking about what true and total forgiveness looks like. And then another one is from uh, a, a guru um, from the East. So uh, he, he looks at it from an Eastern perspective on um, what forgiveness looks like. So let's maybe chew on this just for a little bit and then we'll come right back. If you forgive a person, but you hang on to the anger, the pain and the hurt, and you say you forgave the person, then you don't understand what forgiveness really is. Forgiveness is not for the other person. It's for you. What you don't understand about not experiencing true forgiveness, not letting it go, was explained to me this way. When you don't forgive a person, it's like you drinking the poison, waiting on them to die. All poisons that you drink, and you expect somebody else to die. No, life doesn't work like that. You drink poison, you die. It's a very fair life. If you drink poison, you die. Very fair, isn't it so? I drink poison and you die. Is it fair? So, people who are in anger, resentment, hatred, this is their thing. They are drinking poison. When I say poison, when I say poison, I am not saying in a moral sense. There is substantial medical evidence right now that we can show you with a blood test that five minutes before you take your blood test right now, five minutes you may remain in extreme anger and take your blood test, you will see you're chemically poisoned actually. So you're literally poisoning yourself thinking it's going to hurt them. No, it's only going to hurt you. 
So it doesn't make sense to me, that's all. It's not a morality whether you should get angry or not get angry. It's up to you if you want to make a mess out of yourself. Jay, what you got? So part of my, like, perspective is that I do not feel, like, I feel like total forgiveness can be conditional, but I don't feel like forgiveness is solely for me or solely for the other person. And I put that and I'm like, that was like reaffirm it for me that like I'm not forgiving someone so that they feel better. Sometimes it is that I'm forgiving them so that I can remove that that's occupying space in my heart. Like sometimes mm. it it is purely for the sake of it does poison your energy and your spirit. Like it 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 takes away from your peace. And I think the best, ver the best version of myself is the version of me that is at peace. So what I would say in, in regards to that, though, is this is still relationship. When you do it, here's just say, if you say, I'm going to take on this cost of this thing, I'm going to bear the weight of this um, because it's bad for me to hold it in. Um, there's a degree to which, like, that can look like letting someone off of the hook for something that they, like, that there was real cost. Um, and you can minimize the actual, like, substance of the hurt against you by doing that in certain ways. So it's like if someone, I mean, like, the, the way I've heard it described is like someone, you know, someone breaks your lamp. Um, there's like a loss of light. And there's a cost that, that happened with that. And um, you could have them pay for, for the lamp to be replaced. Um, you can replace the lamp at your own cost. Uh, someone has to bear the cost of it if the light's going to come back. And um, if we say, well, I got to like the, the light in my, I need light in my room, so, so I'm just going to do it myself. Um, but then there's no, like, acknowledgement of the relational damage that that person cost you, um, then that's sort of like letting them off the hook. Um, but what – and that's – you need to then both have, like, all right, I'm able to take on the cost of this, but move towards them in a way that, like, seeks reconciliation that acknowledges that cost – uh, and that you bore that cost. We can do that as people relationally um, and even with material stuff because of the surpassing worth of the forgiveness that we've been given in Jesus. And um, when we embrace and know how rich we are in Jesus, that frees us up to be able to bear the cost that forgiveness is um, and move towards the other person. I'd like to push back okay. just a little okay. bit. Just a little bit. Um, in my life right now, I'm struggling with a person who I have forgiven and let them know that something they did, I, I took the fault mm -hmm. of something and that it was, I went towards them. I saw the good in them. I was like, okay, there's, there's progress to be made. And I feel like every single, like the only analogy I can like give is that, you know how you walk into a room full of spiders, right? You know that oh, there are God. spiders. You know that there are spiders in that room, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so you leave the room, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, that was scary. But then you go back in the same room. And then you keep doing it. You go out, you acknowledge that it was mm -hmm. scary. But then you're like, 
okay, maybe they'd be different, but you know there's spiders in that room. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what's behind that door. For me, it's like, I, I personally am willing to let go of a relationship with a person, that person specifically, because I feel like every time I forgive them, I close the door, I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, the spiders are going to go away, and then I open mm-hmm. the door, there's still more spiders. They're the Mm -hmm. same spiders. It's not like it's a different spider. It's the same spiders that were Mm -hmm. there before. And I feel like at that point, for some situations, I feel like relational reconciliation sometimes is not an option when it's for the wellness of both parties involved. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like that age-old saying of, like, the definition of insanity is I doing the same thing. I was just gonna... I was... Oh, my yeah. gosh. I was sorry, just should I get out of that. your head? I'm no, sorry. you're good, you're it good. It was me last week, and now this week it's Mark. Golly. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I think what I would say into that is what you're doing is, yes, you're, like, willing to... Um, you're moving towards them. You're wanting to say, hey, like, I want restoration of this. But you continue to wrong me and, and hurt me. And if they aren't acknowledging and recognizing how they they have spiders in the room, um, then uh, there is – then the part of that, like, process of, of challenging them to, to actually acknowledge that is by saying, I'm not going to come in the room. Um but that doesn't mean that you're not move, you're still that's like a that in and of itself is intended as a part of like trying to bring reconciliation is for them to recognize this is something that needs to change um and really what you're doing by moving towards them is saying i found that the the, the ability to change in jesus so jesus needs to come in and take away your spiders um you're not just telling that we don't go to people in forgiveness with a sort of like clean up your own act thing it's hey you need jesus to come in and make you clean and uh and if you're refusing to do that then there isn't going to be peace there's not going to be reconciliation uh you're going to remain not just with me but with god um in this dire state so I had another scary thought. <laughs> oh no! And it, it goes with the whole idea of uh, like government or uh, like legal uh, legal justice and forgiveness because it's like you know the, I think of the story of the uh, the woman who was caught committing adultery I guess and people were about yeah. to stone her and I get that Jesus says you know like you know anger you know murder begins at the heart like when you're angry with someone or, or something like that. Um, but he decided, like, even though the law said that she was supposed to die, like, he decided not to, he decided to forgive her and, like, not condemn her. So it just makes me think, like, but then how many Old Testament laws are there saying, like, if someone breaks the law, you need to, you know, kill them, essentially? But also, like, if you, I don't know, if you do something unfairly, like, if you, you know, steal for, or, like, um... Like if a, a man sleeps with a unmarried woman, then he has to pay the the bride price because you know she's been hey, you know her. Mark, can I jump? Can I jump in here? I think I know where you're going with this. What I would say to that is Jesus is ultimately the king, and so uh, he determines the laws, and he forgoes the punishment of the consequences of those laws in order to um, take on the consequence himself. 
and uh, and so those are real consequences. Uh, he can choose to forego that for um, because he's the king. Uh, but ultimately, he's going to have the price continue to be paid. Either he takes on the price himself, or people will experience the ultimate judgment from him. So I love where this is going, <laughs> but we are up against another commercial break. When we come back, um, we're going to do a really quick like activity uh, to kind of hone in all of these ideas that we focused on in this in this discussion, uh, do a little social media engagement. We've got a lot of comments on our poll question from our story at RhodesMU from our Instagram, um, and uh, then wrap up our discussion. But that isn't to say there isn't far more to say on this subject. But mm. we'll be back after a few more commercials. Hello and welcome back. We're in our final segment. We, <laughs> the time is flying. Um, we we really do have a lot a lot on this subject. Um, and so to, to kick off this final, this final block, right, we have this activity that we've used in roads before, right? So we've had a, a forgiveness discussion the first year that roads exist, um, existed back in 2021. And uh, it, was, it was taken from one of the other campus ministries on campus. Um, and it's basically, it, it's an activity to help us practice forgiveness in that moment, in that conversation, and and one of the one of the the help aids that I used is probably one of my most precious possessions that I have now because it was a gift to me from uh, my my mentor Renardo Hall, who used to be the associate vice president of student affairs here at Millersville. Um, he was my internship coordinator. He ended up passing away in in early 2022, and he gave me these this deck of cards. That half the deck of cards is prompts about love, and the other half is about forgiveness. And so on the these cards, it's got a bunch of different activities and a bunch of different uh, things to practice for forgiveness, but it also has quotes, right? So uh, for for this, I've kind of selected three of each, three quotes and three things to discuss just to think about in this kind of guided meditation on this topic. Um, life is an act, life is an adventure in forgiveness. That's a quote from Norman Cousins. Life is an adventure in forgiveness. Um, we've got... We've got a quote from Brenda Peterson in Singing to the Sound. It is never too late to go quietly to our lakes, rivers, oceans, even our small streams, and say to the seagulls, the great blue herons, the bald eagles, the salmon, that we are sorry. And the last quote is from Dr. Martin Luther King. Uh, and he's a, he's a pretty prominent voice, especially this month. We, we must develop and maintain the capacity to forgive. The one who is devoid of the power to forgive is devoid of the power to love. Forgiveness is not an occasional act. It is a permanent attitude. And so this activity, we're not going to have enough time today to actually fully go through this activity, but I'll just give it to the people who are listening, and you can do it on your own time. Uh, sit down with a piece of paper. Right. Sit down with a piece of paper and write a letter. Write a letter to someone that you feel in your heart you need to forgive. Or someone who has wronged you, someone who has done wrong to you. That could be a family member, a friend, a coworker, yourself, God. Right? Write this letter to that other person. Explain everything that happened, right? Talk about everything that happened. How did that hurt you? 
right? How did their actions or their words hurt you? And then write in this letter that you forgive them, right? That's, I'm going to let that like mm. hold in the air for a second because that's not easy, right? We were talking earlier about how the internal part of forgiveness, actually forgiving someone is actually a challenge. It can be difficult. We're called to do it, um, especially people with a Christian identity, a Christian worldview, we're called to forgive, to model after God's example, but it's that doesn't make it easier. Right? Can, can I just interject so, and say maybe we should also write, like, say why, or I mean how you're forgiving them? Like, what does that forgiveness look yeah. like? Yeah, write, write how that forgiveness looks. And so when you're, when you're, when you're thinking about this letter and you're writing this letter, you can think of some questions like, what kind of things are best not forgotten, right? That's a question we could have mm -hmm. talked about earlier in our discussion today. Um, does an act of forgiveness dishonor those who suffered as a result of that transgression? Could be another question. Mm -hmm. um, but Sorry. ultimately, when have you felt the release and peace of a reconciled relationship. Ooh. And I would have loved to get into those today, but ultimately we only have two hours. Time but flies. At the end of the day, right, take that letter when you're done writing it. And this is the really powerful part. Um, <laughs> the original iteration of this uh, activity is you, you, you burn it. Mm. Um, you, like, put it in a barrel and you burn it. Um, <laughs> please abide by your local ordinances and do not burn your house down in this activity. So maybe just find a paper shredder um, or maybe your dog eats it or oh something gosh. like that. Maybe you but eat it. Ultimately, do ultimately, yeah, don't eat paper. Don't please. eat paper. <laughs> um, but ultimately, when you write this letter, you get all those feelings out. Writing is powerful, right? Mm. It's tangible. You can let it go. Forgiveness is kind of like an act of letting it go. Because the more mm. you hold on to something, that's unforgiveness in a way. At least from my perspective, right? It's unforgiveness if you hold and on to it. And that was what I put for my, what is forgiveness? It's the act of letting go. Maybe that should mm -hmm. be a t-shirt takeaway. Yeah, and speaking of t-shirt takeaways, for the last little bit of our segment, um, we have... We have some, some engagement on social media. We put out a poll question. Uh, what was our poll question today, Jay? Um, how, what does forgiveness look like, or how do you forgive someone who has done wrong to you? What were, what were some of the, uh, the responses that people gave? So we have Alexa. Shout out to Alexa. Madam um, And she said, taking time to process feelings and praying a lot. Um, another person in our community said learning to accept what happened with that person and allowing that to stay in the past. Mm. Um, someone else said letting go of their transgressions. I, I resonate with that. Mm. Um, uh, someone else said trying to forget them, trying to forget that it happened. Hmm. Um, and then someone said always remembering that everyone deserves a chance to redeem themselves. That's there you powerful. Go. There you That's go. powerful. Mm. That that one. And that can look differently for different people. Everyone. It can, look, can different look different. From, yeah. Seeing the humanity the common humanity in people, I guess. Yeah. Not and the mm -mm. thing you said before originally about like not seeing people for their mistakes. Yeah. Or like yeah. you know, seeing That's them as, a t shirt takeaway right there. Someone also said understanding the reasoning behind what happened, um, and having an open heart. Remaining open to that person. Hmm. Um 
and someone also just not letting it bother you to the point that it's so long so like because that hurts you too and that is all we have from our social media engagements that was awesome i think we do have one more story though right don't we have one more story jay we do we have another story i i was talking with uh so last week we had dakota weber on um and her her brother elijah her younger brother elijah and i are are really close we were kind of talking about this topic um and he had some really powerful insight uh just from his perspective uh as a christian but also just like as a teenager about to be a senior in high school, like, oh my you know, goodness. he's, he's got some insight. So what, what did he say, Jay? Um, so he starts with God forgives, God's forgiveness towards us is directly to related to our forgiveness towards others. If we don't forgive others, it's often because we don't truly and wholeheartedly believe in forgiveness of Jesus. Matthew nine twelve says, and forgive us our debts as we also have for, have forgiven our debts. Um, our debtors and we need to learn to forgive others and not just doing it just to do it um, so that we can understand and believe in the power of Jesus's forgiveness wow. um, he also pulls a verse from first John first John 1 9 um, if we confess if we confess our sins he is faithful and just and will give us forgiveness for our sins and impurity for us and from all unrighteousness Mm. Yeah. Hmm. That's a t-shirt takeaway. It's like that a two X, but you know, it's still a t-shirt <laughs> it's only, it's nonetheless. Always, yeah, it's a two X. Okay. Use the the small font. Yeah, the small font. The Times New Roman. How how small can custom ink go on on printing oh, a t-shirt? Ooh. Right. We can just do a nine X shirt. It's okay. <laughs> the trench coat takeaway, like yeah. what Ash said. But um, the cake yeah, takeaway. Just real real quick, right? Um, just kind of rattling off some final thoughts. Right. What are some takeaways that all y'all have from our conversation? What are you taking with you from this talk about forgiveness today? I've, oh, oh, sorry. No, no. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, um, thank you. So I'd, I'd say I'm, I like the idea of how self-forgiveness, the, the, maybe the key word there is acceptance. Mm. Like just accept that you're forgiven. Like don't feel the need to pay anything back or that you owe anything or you have to do anything. Or you don't have to give anything. So it's just accept the forgiveness, you know? I would say, like, reflecting the forgiveness that we have as Christians. Like, God Mm. forgives our sins, and he doesn't look at us as the sin that we did. He looks at us as a person who made a bad choice, right? Yes. And I feel like part of that needs to reflect through well not reflect but it needs to come through us and when how we forgive people of saying i don't see you as the crime you committed or the wrongdoing you committed i see you as a person that made a bad choice absolutely yeah that's really important like not seeing the person because then you take away their humanity essentially you don't see them as a human you see them as a mistake isn't that how god looks at us no, it's. I mean, he doesn't see us as our mistakes. He, Correct. He sees us as, he, our, as he human. He sees us as oh, his creation. Yeah, okay, nice. yeah, the, sorry. Yeah. I think, I mean, no, you're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he sees us as his creation. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we serve God. We're not our sins. We trip up sometimes, but we do. We're we, human. we are not our trip-ups. Mm-hmm. Chris, what about you? What, are you? what are you taking from this conversation? What are, what are, what are some thoughts you've got? No, I think the the need to continue to go back to uh, and find joy and life in the forgiveness that we have in Jesus, I, 
there's this richness to it um, that we we need to keep going back to and and that when we really know that it changes the way that we view other people and the wrongs that have been done against us and the possibility that uh, we can move towards them and uh, and that God can work through us uh, to bring change in their life and uh, that that there can be a possibility for, for restoration, even if that process is hard. What about you, Josh? Well, I, I think one of the one of the things that I'm taking away is that forgiveness is really diverse in mm. how you approach it. There's levels. There's there's levels. There's layers like an onion. <laughs> <laughs> um, but wow. a parfait. <laughs> like a parfait. Yeah, that's Yay. more palatable, I think. It's not a vegetable, so we won't all break out into hives because apparently all of us hate vegetables. Oh my gosh. But or any um, form of vegetable. Or any form of vegetable. <laughs> it's good. I mean, in some certain in certain circumstances. Sounded out. Yep. It's in, in circumstances. <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, no, but uh, like it's diverse. It depends on the circumstances, right? Forgiveness is is essential in every form of wrongdoing because that's just what we're called to do, but how it happens varies. Like the reconciliation. When you were talking about reconciliation and how it can take different forms, whether that's staying in communion with that person or whether that is stepping away from that person, right? Uh, that's that's just so important. It's so important to, to, to realize. Um, I, I kind of want to like... I have a short little story. Um, you know me, I love my stories. But uh, I, I, I think when, when Rhodes did this as a discussion, our first year, we had a really great group, I think. But at the time, we were really worried about whether we were being effective mm. in our conversations and our events. And like at the time, there was a lot of like, there was a lot of pain and longing because Rhodes was founded in memory of someone who had passed away, yeah. Ed Weber. Um, and we wanted to honor his idea, right? Honor his legacy with what we were doing. And we were kind of struggling to find our footing as an organization. We're like, are we doing this right? Like, we've none of us have ever done this before. And then we came to this forgiveness discussion... And it was at the end of, it wasn't the end, it was like mid-spring semester of our first year. And we, like, we did that letter writing activity. And everyone sat and we put on Minecraft music in the background, I kid nice. you not. Nice, And we handed out some of those forgiveness cards and gave people prompts. And we walked them through it and then we all put our letters in the shredder. And at the end of the night, we're like, oh, okay, well, you know, that's fine. Everyone did the activity, and everyone's going to take what they take from it. This was before we had T-shirt takeaways, by the way. Um, so we didn't really know what people were taking from that conversation. Um, but one of the students walked up to, to, to us, me and, and, and Hunter and, and Evan and Haley, and we uh, were chatting with them, and they, they said, like, we wanted to... I, I just wanted to tell you that, like... I was able to write a letter to my father and um, a couple of other relations. My uncle, I had a lot of, like, abuse as a child, and I had a lot of, like, hurt and trauma. And I wrote a letter to my father. I forgave them. Mm. And that letter, um, even though it could be seen as, like, oh, it's kind of like a superficial thing, like maybe it's just a thing, no, 
I was able to let go of a decade of trauma in wow. a single night. That's crazy. When I shredded that letter. And she was really, really grateful for just having that community of people to talk to and that activity to do. Um, so if we're ever curious and wondering, like, are we actually having an impact? We're not always going to see that. We're not always going to have someone come up to us afterwards and tell us, oh, this was so great and meaningful. But I, I think that I took with me that day, three years ago. <laughs> and um, it's just, it's a good reminder that what we're doing here is important. Mm. And I think I think what these conversations are going to seek to to do is just to let people talk. Gives them an outlet. Gives them an outlet. Get out of my head. That was exactly the phrase <laughs> I was going to say. Gives them an outlet, right? And we're having dialogue with each other. We're talking about tough stuff. I mean, next week we're going to be talking about suffering, oh, right? Gosh. Like we're, we're, we're not taking the easy route on this show, right? But at the end of the day, we're, we're excited and I'm grateful to have you guys here. Yeah. I, I thank you for joining us, Chris. Thank you. Um, thanks for sitting on the couch. Yeah. And can, I, can I give one plug just to, uh, about not a really short plug? Just, Absolutely. Uh, go ahead. One of the books that I found really helpful in uh, just thinking about this conversation is a book called Forgive by Dr. Tim Keller, uh, an amazing pastor who tragically passed away of cancer last year. Uh, but I would recommend that if you're wanting to dive deeper into this topic. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Awesome. Well, thank you guys again. Feel free to uh, stick around for Owen's show, uh, House Party. House Party. And uh, yeah, stay tuned on WIXQ 91.7 FM, The Ville. Have a great weekend, everyone. Have a great weekend, y'all. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Roads on the Air, a discussion podcast live on 91.7 FM WIXQ The Ville, radical, renowned, real college radio. It's been an honor having you along this journey, and we hope you'll tune in next week. You can also stream all these episodes by searching Roads on the Air on Spotify, Apple Music, or any streaming service if you missed it live. These conversations are designed to bring people closer together, create unity where there once was division, and we're grateful to all our listeners for being a part of that. Are you a student and want to get connected with Roads? on campus our meeting times during the semesters are wednesdays at the hub at 7 p.m we serve free food every week and alternate between roundtable discussions on topics just like these and fellowship nights where we can go bowling have a board game night make crafts watch movies and more in addition to our weekly meetings you can also connect with us online in a variety of ways and our link tree gives you access to it all just go to linktree.com slash roads and you and you will be able to find our instagram at mu roads join our get involved page become a member of our discord server roads at mu or even find out more information about the other faith and spirituality organizations at Millersville. Want another way to support this endeavor? During each week, go to our Instagram and feel free to like and comment on the post of that week's episode. Share your thoughts, what stood out to you. Maybe ask a question or two and we might just read yours on air. Your community engagement means a lot to us and we can't do this without you. I'm Josh Marzak. I'm Mark Schell. And I'm Jay Handy. Tune in next week for the next exciting episode of Roads on the Air. air.